This is episode 31 of season four of the Runner Girls podcast. On tonight's show, Megan will be sharing her recap of the Cannonball Marathon. Hi, I'm Megan. I'm Sue. And I'm Katie, and this is season four of Runner Girls, three women brought together by a love of running. Yes! Yay! Back together at last! (laughs) Katie, how are you? I am alive, believe it or not. It's just been a very, very, very hectic few months, and it's still hectic, but I'm here tonight. Well, thankfully, we have you tonight, and we are so happy to have you back, because we have well, two very full race recaps to get into, one of which won't come out until next week. Sorry, listeners. But speaking of the listeners, they have been also missing you. I don't know if you've seen any of the posts, but people have been wondering, where are you and if you were coming back? I have. Yeah. Like, please come back, Katie. hope Katie's okay. (laughs) Katie has been alive. She's just been, like I said, having a very crazy life for the past few weeks. And I have been listening to the podcast as they've come out. So I feel like I've at least stayed like connected with you girls, even Mm -hmm. though we haven't gotten to talk every week. You guys have been kicking butt and taking names. (laughs) I'm so proud of you both. Thank you. You're welcome. What have you been up to since we last spoke? Oh, goodness. Where to start? I don't want to take a whole lot of time because I know the main focus of tonight is your all's recaps. But I moved over the summer, of course, from South Carolina back to Kentucky. I had to be back to work by the end of July. They come back to work very early up here with meetings and things. Of course, school didn't start until August, but back to work for me happened in July. So, Tried to find a house to buy when I first moved back up here. And the housing market in Lexington is nuts. Like, houses not even staying on the market for 24 hours and turning around and being sold for over asking. So, knowing that I had to be back to work by the end of July, I couldn't sit around and wait forever. So, I decided to lease an apartment for the time being. And the apartment that I needed, of course, needed to be first floor, easy access for the dogs, in and out, like have to take all that in consideration. So an apartment that worked for me wouldn't be available until August 21st. So then I needed to stay with friends for about a month, actually two weeks with one friends and and two weeks with one of my cousins who lives here in Lexington. So I kind of was a hobo for a while, bouncing around from place to place. And thankfully, my mom and dad agreed to watch the girls for me while I was staying with friends because crashing with your friends is one thing. Crashing with your friends and bringing your animals in tow is a whole nother. So (laughs) um, they were just about an hour and a half away, which is nice because I was still going home, of course, on Friday and staying till Sunday so I could spend time with everybody and the the dogs and mom and dad have a lot of stairs at their house and at first Sophie just stopped wanting to go up the stairs so we thought oh it's just arthritis which we knew she had and she takes medicine for no big deal but then she kind of started to have more and more difficulty so started to take her to the vet to try to figure out what was going on there and they did x-rays and blood work and nothing came back as definitive they just said well it must be you know really bad arthritis setting in so they upped her medications and all that kind of stuff and then pretty abruptly at the end of August 
beginning of September, she started having trouble even just walking. So take her back to the vet to try to figure out, okay, well, if this is arthritis, it's, you know, all of the sudden really hitting her hard. What's going on there? And again, couldn't get anything definitive from blood tests and x-rays. So essentially, it was just kind of like it could be something called degenerative uh, myopathy, I think was the last word. But it's essentially where older dogs lose control of their back legs, especially bigger dogs, right? It happens more frequently in bigger dogs. So long story short, it ended up being cancer. And the Saturday they diagnosed her, she made it until Wednesday and passed away Wednesday night. So... That was not easy. (laughs) It still isn't easy. Maddie, thankfully, is doing okay. But that came as a really big surprise, of course, and not anything expected. So that was an extra stressor. Work has been insane. I love the new school I'm at. I love all the people that I work with. And the students are amazing. Oh, good. Um, But the workload is probably tripled compared to what I was doing in South Carolina. Yeah. I mean, I have absolutely (laughs) no free time. A lot of it is having to do just with the first year at a school. You know, it's like you're a first year teacher all over again, even though this is my sixth year teaching, because Mm -hmm. you've got to get used to the way that they do things and their expectations and rules and meeting schedules. And so it's very much more structured, a lot more intense than the last school that I was at. Like I said, Co-workers are great. Students are great. School atmosphere is great. It's just a lot more work. So that on top of everything that went on with Soph and then on top of I had issues with the actual move because I moved my furniture from South Carolina up to Kentucky over Labor Day weekend because I had no need for furniture if I didn't have an apartment until the 21st. My reservation for a moving truck got screwed up. So I had to like try to figure out that on the fly when I was in South Carolina, not to mention the fact that a hurricane went through right before Labor Day. And I thought that was going to screw everything up and flooded the neighborhood. The house was fine. Just the entrance to the neighborhood was flooded. Thankfully got the furniture up here okay have had some issues within the apartment with things getting fixed in a timely manner and and all that good stuff and then fall break we just had fall break and I was going to go back down to South Carolina to kind of wrap up a few loose ends and like some things that I had left in the house that I didn't need right away like Christmas decorations and, you know, all the stuff that you kind of put up in the attic in a way. But lo and behold, another hurricane went through. (laughs) (laughs) So I was like, okay, I'm going to stop planning trips to South Carolina. If I go back anytime soon, it's just going to be like on a whim for a weekend or something. Because apparently if I plan it, there's no doubt going to be a hurricane pop up (laughs) in the Atlantic. Um, But with that being said, it did hit Myrtle Beach pretty hard. And lots of my friends had trees fall on their houses, have some flooding, uh, just really, really tough. I I think it was a lot worse than people were anticipating, even though it was just a Category 1. And people who don't live on the coast might go, just a Category 1? It's still a hurricane. I've been down there for a Category 1 before, and most of the time it doesn't do much, if any, damage. But because... September 
into October had been so wet down there. They'd had so much rain that when the hurricane came through bringing even more rain and then the 75 mile per hour winds, the ground was so saturated that everything just kind of like blew over, causing a lot of damage. But my mom and dad are down there in South Carolina right now checking on the house. Good news is no damage to report to my former house. Fence is good. Backyard is good. House is good. Roof is good. So that's kind of the uh, the blessing of it all, I guess, is that thankfully there was no major damage caused by this last hurricane that went through. But oh, I'm still adjusting. And as you can probably get from all of that wrapped up into about a 10 minute conversation it's it's been a lot on my plate for the past few months and I'm still kind of juggling it I feel like I have more balls in the air than I you know can make a plan for but still glad to be back still glad I made the move even in (laughs) in the light of everything it's just trying to really adjust and find a time for everything that's been really the hardest part so um, my sleep has greatly suffered if you look at like my Uh. Fitbit sleep <laughs> it's very, very obvious where the weekend is and where the weekday starts. <laughs> Let's put it that way. But uh, yeah, so it's it's been a very, very busy summer for me. Wow, I'm exhausted just listening to all of that. I'm so sorry. It's been such a challenging summer for you, Katie, and I hope things mellow out a bit as you you know adjust. To yeah. your to your new life, but uh, man, you are a trooper. <laughs> wow, I feel like I'm getting hopefully knock on wood, getting things out of the way now, so that the rest of the year hopefully is smooth sailing. Yeah. I mean, I've only got three months, so please be nice to me, October, November, and December. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, at least you're safer from the hurricanes, right? <laughs> this is true. Now, as long as I don't freeze. Come no, January and February, I'll be doing okay. I think you'll be all right. Megan's holding up, right, in North Carolina, Megan? Yeah. You haven't been, have you, you've been there through a January and a February, right? Yeah. So it was really mild last year, so it doesn't count. Maybe this year will be more mild. (laughs) That's what I'm hoping, but everybody keeps telling me, oh, we're in for a bad winter. I was like, well, great. My parking lot duty every Wednesday morning and Friday mornings are going to be fantastic. (laughs) Wow. Well, welcome back. We're so happy to have you. Hopefully you can relax for a little bit and just listen to some race recaps and, and chill out. And congratulate you both, of course. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Well, I think it's time we move along to the training. So, Katie, did you get to run at all since we last spoke? Running? What's that? (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, no, I have not. And unfortunately, that's that's been one of the biggest things that suffered. Uh, Like I said, the, the next planned absolutely happening is our annual turkey trot so even if that involves more walking than running that's next on my agenda but no running has occurred since you last heard from me all right well that's quick and to the point yeah all right well um i will cover my training for this past week on next week's show when i do my recap so megan how did your last week of marathon training go okay i stuck with my schedule of running on monday And it was supposed to be speed work, 30 seconds, 
easy, 20 seconds moderate, 10 seconds sprint. I did that for, I don't know, like five minutes worth. And then one of the girls I run with, she's been struggling with a hip injury and she was keeping a slow pace for her, but a fast pace for me or a moderate pace for me. So I just ran with her for the rest of the workout at a moderate steady pace. It ended up being like 10, 20 something. We had some miles in the tens and one mile like at 11.06. So you weren't doing the intervals anymore, just a steady run? Yeah. Okay. And I was like, it's taper. I run on Saturday. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. That's kind of how I felt it. I'm like, speed work at this point is not going to help my race. So yeah, I was reading a little bit about um, the runs that you do during the last week of taper. And apparently they, a lot of coaches put in speed work just to like keep the legs fresh, but it doesn't really like, you know, it's not going to give you any fitness boost at that point. Yeah. So that's why I was like, well, if I run at like a slightly faster than race pace, it'll still be good. Yeah. And then I, um, because I was tapering, I didn't add any other runs in that I hadn't been doing already. So that left me with, I ran Monday. And so, yeah, that was my running for the week before the race. Okay. So how, how many miles did you get in on Monday? Four. Okay. And you felt good? Yeah, it was fine. All right. Well, great job then with your running on Monday. Are you ready to get to the Cannonball Marathon recap? I am. I am so anxious to hear this. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. All right, Megan, take it away. Okay, so my goal on Friday was to get to the race expo by 4.30. So I could be there kind of early and I was going to leave work kind of early. Yeah, well, that didn't happen. I didn't leave work until after 5. So I got to the race expo probably about 5.30. And by expo, I mean the running store where my packet was. It wasn't really an expo (laughs) because it was such a small race. So I got my packet and I looked around at some of the vendors and Marshall got, has got kind of like a part-time job on Thursday, just on the weekends. They just offered it while somebody mentioned on Facebook, Hey, we need somebody to do a part-time job for Thursday through Sunday, just six hours. And he's like, I asked him, do you want to do it? He's like, sure. You know, with the wedding and everything. So Um, that's what he was doing Friday night. So it was just me and some of the listeners may have seen on my Facebook where I was like, dang it, I want a steak. If I'm going to run this marathon tomorrow, I want a steak. (laughs) So I went to Texas Roadhouse and, uh, it was just me by myself, which when you're used to having somebody always go out to restaurants with you, it's very weird to like be by yourself. I was kind of like, what do I do? (laughs) Like, I don't go out to restaurants by myself. So I just figured I'd sit by the bar, sit at the bar, you know, because I didn't want to take a table if it was just me. Sure. And the bartender's like, do you want a drink? I was like, no, I'll have water with lemon. (laughs) (laughs) Just eating your steak at the bar. (laughs) Yeah, drinking water. Nice. So, yeah, I ate my steak and the best mashed potatoes I've ever had. Nice. They had butter and cheese and real bacon in them. I was like, yes, this is so good. And broccoli. I was tempted to get pasta, but I had never eaten at the pasta restaurant. So I didn't want to try it because sometimes my stomach gets iffy with pasta. Mm. But I figured steak and potatoes, you can't really go wrong with that. Nope. So that's what I did. And um, then I pretty much came home and piled all my stuff on the kitchen table because I just, that's what I do. (laughs) I can't really make like a neat, it's just, okay, I'm going to stack this all here so I know where it all is. And then I went to bed. 
I showered and went to bed. It was probably like eight o'clock, eight thirty. Nice. I was like, um, this is I don't know what to do else. It's Friday night. I'm by myself. I might as well go to bed. It won't hurt anything. And I set my alarm. I think for five thirty Saturday morning. I got up. I ate a bowl of cereal, Reese's Puffs. Nice. I've never eaten cereal before a race, but I figured it's carbs and sugar, so it'll be good. And I've got it was like at that point, two hours before race start. So I was like, if nothing else, if the milk bothers me, I'll have two hours, which it didn't. It was fine. I got Marshall up, which I felt bad about because he'd worked till like after midnight the night before. And it was six o'clock and he's, he's getting ready. He's like, I'm like, yeah, the race doesn't start till eight. He's like, why'd you wake me up so early then? <laughs> why'd you tell him when the race starts? <laughs> because we i made sure to stop and get him breakfast beforehand we had breakfast nice i was like okay go he's like aren't you gonna be late for your race i'm like we got 45 minutes at least till it starts we'll be fine (laughs) he's looking at me crazy i was like whatever so um he got biscuitville and uh we parked and i made sure to use the bathroom and i talked to a couple people I was lucky with it being a hometown race that I knew a ton of people running it, at least running the half portion. And so there were all kinds of people there that I knew beforehand. A couple people from Sub 30 Club. I got a picture with her and then my people I've been training with, four or five of them were running the half. Nice. So that was really nice just to have a ton of people beforehand because I was really nervous. I was just like, oh, it was very scary. And um, probably about... Five minutes beforehand, I lined up with the five-hour pacer and started started like two or three minutes late, but that was fine. And it was overcast and kind of cool at the start, so that was really nice. Not as cold as I thought it would be because earlier in the week it was supposed to be in the mid-40s and then get up to the 60s. And I had no, no idea how I was going to dress for that because mid-40s is like pants and long sleeves for me, but 60s is shorts and short sleeves. I'm like, I got to figure out somewhere in between here. But it ended up being mid-50s, so I could just wear shorts and be fine with it. I was very worried all leading up to the race. Like, what am I going to wear? What? How is this going to go? But it worked out. Nice. Um, I stuck with the five-hour pacers slash 230 half pacers for the first 11 miles. And it felt really easy and comfortable. And then after the 11 miles... The marathoners split off from the half marathoners. You know, Megan, I was watching your your pace, your mm-hmm. splits on that Race Joy app that you sent me a link to. Uh, that was so cool, by the way. I don't know if you got like the messages that I was sending to you during the race. Yes, they were awesome. They were very nice to hear. <laughs> I was really enjoying that and like tracking you on the map. It was so cool. And I was looking at your splits and like they were so consistent. I'm like, she's got to be with like the five hour pace group. And I would not have guessed that you split off at mile 11 because you were still really consistent after that. For about the next five miles or so, I was really consistent. A couple were under 11, but the first mile or two up to mile 13, I was really familiar with. I had run that, those, that two-mile stretch quite a few times. It mm-hmm. was up Lawndale to Lake Brand, and I had run it. I had run a 5K almost on that road before, so I was really familiar and that's part of why I wanted my first marathon to be my hometown marathon and to not leave for it, because I knew a lot of the roads. 
The part after about mile 13, I did not look at any of those roads. I had kind of meant to drive the course beforehand, but I didn't end up having time. And I'm kind of glad now that I didn't because they were so awful that I would have just been miserable knowing what was coming up. (laughs) So why did you leave the pace group? Well, my five-hour pacer didn't end up staying with us for that long. She was, like, behind the 2.30 pacer. So I don't, like... Because, you know, the five-hour and the 2.30 pacer should have been right together the whole time. Right. Or when I split off at 11 miles with the 2.30 pace group, I could not see the five-hour pacer behind me. That's how far behind she was. Well, do you think that maybe she was going slower at that point because she still had another, like, 13 miles ahead and the 2.30 pacer didn't? I don't know. We hadn't... She hadn't maintained with anybody... And she didn't know the course. Like, she wasn't from the area. She said she had come from Asheville. Yeah, so I didn't know if she just didn't know what she was doing. She didn't tell me anything about her pacing strategy, like she was going to go slower to bank time or whatever to make it easier. She was not a very talkative pacer. Okay. So I was kind of like, okay, that's cool. (laughs) I was just like, you know, like she did not talk strategy. We talked – a couple times, but the conversation was mostly mostly initiated by me. And then she wouldn't say anything. Mm-hmm. So I was like, hmm. You know, like most people you get talking to, like running, and they'll talk, and you'll have a full conversation back and forth, especially over a lot of miles. No, she was very quiet, which is fine, but I just, you know, so I didn't get a good feel for her. And I found out later there were 96 people running the marathon. when Total? We, yes. Wow. There were probably like four or 500 runners, but only 96 of them were for the marathon. Wow. Yeah. So, and, you know, being as like back towards the back of the pack, when I turned split off from the, when I turned left at my 11 miles, there were only two other people I saw near me who were running the marathon. I was like, oh, great. This is going to be great. I'm by myself. So... Um, We went up to mile 13, and I was feeling pretty good through there. And then mile 13 to 14 was kind of like rolling hills, but mostly like overall downhill. And I was very worried about it because I could see what I was going to have to come back up to because I knew it was a turnaround. And so I was just going downhill, downhill, like, oh, this, oh, joy. Oh, joy. This sucks. (laughs) Because the downhill was nice. But I just, I asked some people coming back up at one point. I'm like, does this uphill look as bad as it seems like it is? They're like, yeah, pretty much. I was like, great. So I ran down, turned around. Um, There were volunteers uh, who were very silent on their phones. There were no, there was no other spectators at this point. From this point forward, there was one lady who spectated. She drove around every couple of miles with a sign. One. And she just had a sign and was not very, like, cheerful, like, cheery. Like, she held her sign and it was great. And she went for, like, out through mile 22, I think we saw her. But she was the only spectator after, like, mile 11, where we split off. So that was very great. So you can just imagine, like, what this race is feeling like. Like, it was pretty much as bad as every, like, 20-mile training run you can imagine where you're by yourself and you have to slog through all these miles. And there's nobody cheering for you. No. Uh. It was very not uh, runner 
friendly. And so we did this out and back and came back up. And then at that point, I missed a water stop apparently because it was a jug of water on the ground with wow. no volunteer, what? just cups. Yeah. I didn't even realize it was a water stop, you know, because it was just a water jug. I thought somebody had like left it out there or something and yeah. I was not going to touch some water jug that didn't even say water stop on it or anything. Wow. So, yeah. And then uh, the next piece was kind of rolling hills until about mile 16. There was a water, a manned water stop there with a porta potty. I stopped and I had to stretch my legs a little bit. My glutes were really just sore. So I bent over a little bit and stretched, took a goo, drank some Gatorade. And then I told the guys there, I was like, if I don't start moving, I'm not going to want to keep going. (laughs) And then mile 16, I think that was right at mile 16. The next piece was straight uphill because it was like a dam and then you could just see the gigantic uphill going. I was like, oh, that's great. Straight uphill. (laughs) (laughs) And then uh, mile 17, I think, because it was almost uphill about for a mile and then rolling hills like... There was no, from mile probably 13 on, there was no flat stretch. I'm just going to tell you. For the next 13 miles, it was very hilly, which I knew, but I didn't really realize how bad it was going to be at that point. (laughs) Oh. So I was just like, okay. Uh, We turned off onto this road called Plainfield. That's very accurate for the road. Um, (laughs) (laughs) There were just a bunch of fields that were very plain. Uh, the traffic was not blocked off, so we're running on this just two-lane road with cars coming at us and driving around us because they had to keep it open for residents. But these cars, not all of them were very respective of runners or anything. So, yeah, that was great. Um, yeah, just a bunch of rolling hills and fields. I don't even think there were any animals in the fields. They were just empty fields. Most exciting part, I think, was like mile 17-ish. I got to see a cow poop. I was like, oh, that's cool. (laughs) Yes, that's, you know, like that's how the miles were. I was just like, oh, this is great. (laughs) Um, Mile probably 18, I started to get really sore. I caught up with this guy. He was walking a lot. I'd been trying to catch him for like four miles, but he was walking fast, way faster than I was running. So I was like, it took me a long time to catch up to him (laughs) running. And um, I pretty much hit the wall at mile 20. Not breath-wise, I was fine. Breathing, it was fine. But my butt and my hamstrings hurt so bad that it hurt to, like, keep moving. Yeah, Walking hurt, running hurt. I felt better while running, but I couldn't make myself run because it hurt so bad. So, um the guy I met, he stayed with me. Uh, we walked a lot from mile 20 on. He encouraged me to run the downhills. He's like, you want to run this downhill? I'd be like, yeah, sure. (laughs) (laughs) I was pretty miserable at that point. It was, uh, there's no explanation. Like, and I had run over 20 miles before I'd gotten up to almost 21, but you hit 20 in a marathon and know you have to go six more. Mm -hmm. And there's just something like, this fucking sucks. I hate this. Why am I doing this? But in the way I was, it's not like I had to finish the six miles. That was the only way to get back to the end. So it's like, I knew I was going to finish at that point. 
but I was going to feel dang miserable doing it. So I was just yeah. like, just keep going. Just keep going. You just yep. got to keep going. That's the only thing to do. I stopped and took Vaseline from one of the support crew at one point at medical. I must have looked really bad because she asked me like four times if I needed anything. She's like, do you mm. need anything? I'm like, no. I stopped and <laughs> took water. She's like, do you need anything? I was like, no, I'm fine. I'm going to keep going. She, she was very, I guess, concerned about me. I kept going, but, and I really didn't feel that bad. Like my legs hurt, but it's not like I thought I was going to die or anything. They just were really sore. Like it just hurt to move. Yep. So, and there's not really anything you can do. Stretching, I would stop and stretch, but it'd be good for like a quarter to a half of a mile and then they'd get tight again. So it'd be like, okay, stop and stretch or just keep running. Because after about mile 20, we were on this another two lane road where the traffic again was not blocked off. And one truck came probably within two feet of me to swing around me because they didn't, cars were coming the other way. So they just figured they'd get really close to me. I was really irritated. The guy I was running with, he's like, you get on the other side of me. Come over here. And he, like, stayed between me and the cars. Nice. Meat shield. Yeah. We (laughs) talked, like, about everything. I found out he was a lawyer, you know, an assistant district attorney in the next county over. I was like, oh, I've been running with a lawyer this whole time. He's (laughs) like, yeah, sorry. (laughs) But uh, he was really nice. He, I don't have enough good things to say about him, you know, because you meet at that point in the race – Anybody who will stay with you and you just get to talk to and they get you through it. I'm sure we've all had people at that point in a race where we're just like, thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so he stayed with me. We got to probably the last mile and he's like, okay, let's run all the downhills because the last mile in is super hilly. I've run it a bunch before because we finish uphill like the last tenths, two tenths, three tenths of a mile, all uphill Ugh. to the finish. Yeah. <laughs> So at mile 24, I think was straight uphill. Yeah, that was great. We were just walking. So yeah, we tried to run and then we'd come in. There still were not, there was no spectators at that part of the course either. The best part was probably about three tenths uh, from the finish line. I had a bunch of like my crew, like the people I've been training with and everything in Marshall, half of them were about three tenths of a mile in and then the other half were right before the finish line. And they were so loud. You could hear them from forever. Like they were just cheering and screaming. And so that was such a nice boost to have people there at the end, just cheering like crazy. Mm -hmm. And the guy asked me, he's like, are those your people? I'm like, yeah, those are my people. (laughs) And so we finished 521.15. I was very happy with that. Um, Up until mile 20, I was on pace to beat five hours. I would have been under five at like 4.56. And then mile 20 happened. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you beat Pam Anderson. I did. That was my A goal was to finish. My B goal was to beat Pam Anderson's time of 5.41. And my C goal was under five. So to get both A and B, I was very happy with that. Awesome. And um, I was amazed at how hot I felt towards the last half of the race because it was in the sixties and windy. Like I should not have felt hot at any point, but I guess my body was working so hard to keep me going that I just was like miserably hot. That was very surprising to me. 
like not miserably hot like I was during the summer, but way warmer than I thought I would have been. And that's something I just guess just running 26 miles I hadn't thought about. Um, I ended up placing third place in my age group. What? For females 20 to 29. I will tell you that there were only three people in my age group. So <laughs> that's all right. I Still placed counts. third, but only like a <laughs> consolation third because they had already done the whole award ceremony like way before I got there. And then like, oh, we have some updated awards, I guess, because they realized, oh, crap, People somebody else finishing. came in who meets the stage group award. <laughs> right. We got we to gotta reward them. So I had already taken off my shoes. That was like the first thing I did in the first like two minutes after crossing the finish line. I hobbled over and took off my shoes. Yeah. I was like, Marshall, will you go get my flip flops and my clean shirt out of the car, please? So he was gone and missed me getting my age group award, but it's okay. I hobbled over there in bare feet, like, ugh. And they're all laughing at me. She's like, you look like you just ran a marathon. (laughs) Good joke, lady. (laughs) Very perceptive. Uh Congratulations. That's amazing that you got an award in your very first marathon. I'm kind of (laughs) jealous. I knew you would be. I was like, oh, gosh, she's going to hate me a little bit. I don't hate you. (laughs) So um, it was really good. I hung out for a while afterwards. We waited until the last person we had from our group came in, and we all cheered for him to cross the finish line because that's what we do from our group. We wait for everybody. I was very irritated with the race, and they're going to get some nasty um, feedback from me. Because shortly after I crossed the finish line, they were already taking down the finishing shoot. And um, there was still an hour and a half left of the race time after I finished. Because it closed at seven hours. Wow. And they were taking down the finishing shoot and everything. The band stopped playing. That was at the finish line. It was just very much like you say you're going to be open for seven hours. But then you aren't really. Is it possible they thought you were the last one? No. I don't think so. Yeah, I mean, they have tracking and all that. Yeah, there were still 10 or 15 people who came in after me. It's not like I was really anywhere near the last one. You figure if there's 15 out of 96 people. They did keep the timing open, though, because I know I looked at the results today and people came across at 741. So they must have kept the timing mat up for the last people, but not really like the whole fanfare thing, which is still kind of sad. I mean, great, you kept the timing not open but really what does that count for right so yeah also you can very much tell that the race is mainly focused on the half and just added a marathon this year and unless they do something to support the back half I don't know very many people who will run it again because it was it's a miserable back half like it's super hilly it's pretty much open there's nothing there's no people There were only, like, two people per water stop, so they didn't even have, like, cheer stations. They didn't, like, do a contest for, like, peppiest water stop. You know, like, things you could do, like, get a group to sponsor a water stop. Nope, it was, like, two volunteers per water stop. They should do a double loop of the half course, and that way there'll be aid stations, (laughs) and it won't be as hilly, right? Yeah, and the... The first almost 11 miles of the half take place on the Greenway, and it's an out and back. 
So that's the only issue I could see running into it. But if Uh. we loop back around, it really wouldn't be that bad. And I don't know if they might not want to do that because the same company does a marathon in February, which is, I think, like 16 loops of part of the park. 16 loops? Yeah. But they, they market it as a relay, like between... They try to get four people teams mostly. So each person would only be doing like four loops. Oh, okay, cool. But I don't know if that's why. I don't know who really designed the course. The half I would do again every year because I changed the half course this year and it's much nicer. I would do like I'm already planning to do the half again next year. I won't be able, I won't do the marathon again though. Wow. Not unless they change the course, and I feel bad about that, but I, nope, it's not no, going to happen. I don't nope. blame you. <laughs> it was, it was, there weren't enough people even to, like, really feel peppy. Like, I stayed with the same probably eight people you could see forever, and that was it. Like, yeah, just, I don't, it, <laughs> it was very discouraging, you know, being out there, and it's so open, and it's very just awful there was nobody else out there cheering or being excited or like you got this it was very mental like it was mentally rough in the last six miles are mental anyway but then to add that it was extra mentally rough so how are you feeling now my legs hurt (laughs) no way yesterday was really like marshall was laughing at me i'd sit down and like it would take a couple minutes you know a couple seconds to get back up um (laughs) I came home yesterday after we, uh, the best part is we hung around and then a couple friends, we went out to breakfast. Like I told you, I was planning to eat and I got bacon and eggs and grits and pancakes. Mm. And then I went home and I laid in bed probably from about four o'clock yesterday. I fell, I took Tylenol or Advil PM last night around six o'clock, slept until about seven this morning. Nice. <laughs> I just basically went to bed. I'm like, I'm done with today. I'm so exhausted. I'm tired. I ate something. I'm just going to go to bed. That sounds like a good idea. Marshall was at work anyway. So it's, you know, it was just me with the dogs. So that's what I did. My watch had me, even though I crossed the finish line at 521, my watch had me at 512. 512? Yeah, because I stopped at some of the water stops and stuff, I guess. Oh, and then I didn't actually have like 26.2 when I crossed the finish line. So I had paused it for a couple minutes. And then I, anytime I walked anywhere, I let it get to 26.2. So, you know, it would officially show up on my watch. You know, it doesn't, like, it doesn't give you the benefit of a marathon if you don't get to 26.2. It doesn't right. count it. So, it doesn't count it as your marathon PR on your records. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it doesn't. Like, nothing would have counted it as a marathon. So I had to walk around to get 26.2. <laughs> so that was – so it had some elapsed time in there. Cool. But um, I figured 12 minutes counted probably all the times I stopped to stretch at water stops or whatever and get Gatorade. Hmm. The first 11 to 12 miles, I was really good about, like, running and taking goo. And i just walk a couple minutes, like, 30 seconds through the water stop take water down I'm for sure if I was running the half yesterday I would have PR'd but I wasn't I was running a marathon which I did PR because it was my first one yes but I felt really good it's now that I know 
I can prepare for it better. But until you run your first marathon, there's no explaining how hard it is after the last. Yeah, just (laughs) it hurts so bad. And then you have to tell yourself to keep going. And you're like, well, I know I can do it, but it hurts. And you have to fight your body the whole way. Yeah, just keep going. Do a few of them and eventually you realize like, yeah, it hurts, but you can, you can keep running and it's just going to hurt anyway. So might as well run it. (laughs) It's a hard place to get to. (laughs) So it was just, I don't even, it's so hard to explain until you do it. Like, and people talk about it, but until you experience it, like now I know what you mean, Sue. It's like, (laughs) oh yeah, it's so miserable. And it didn't even take me like a day or whatever to know I was going to do another marathon. Like I pretty much finished it and was like, yeah, I'm going to do another marathon. <laughs> nice. Just because I knew I wanted it. Did training suck for it? Yeah. It's a big time sink forever. It takes so much time to train for a marathon. But now it's like, you want to see if you could do better yeah, or you want a better like, race course. Yes. Like what if I had a better race course? What if you had people cheering for you? It, it's, yes. it's such a better experience. Yes. What if there were more people there on the course? What if, you know, what if I had a bigger race and there were more people running? Mm-hmm. Well, you you might not get third place in your age group if you had a bigger race. That's fine. <laughs> so, so there is that. <laughs> but, yeah. but you might. You never know. I got a pint glass. That doesn't nice. even say that I was an age group placer. It's just a regular pint gra- <laughs> glass for the race. I was like, okay, this is cool. I mean, it really is, but yeah. it would have been nicer if it had been engraved with like, you know, third place or age group award or something. But, you know, I won. I yeah. got a little card. I'm going to have to figure out how to put in a frame and everything. That's so great. I'm so happy for you and so proud of you. That you, that you did this, that you trained for it, and you did it, and I can't believe you already want to do another one. <laughs> yeah, I am looking at Flying Pig in Cincinnati next May. That would give me, like, two months off of training for anything, and I wouldn't have to start training until January 1st. That's soon. Yeah, but, I mean, <laughs> two months. No, I know. I'm just surprised that you want to do another one already. That's awesome. Well, I figure what what else do I have to do? I mean, running is about the only thing I do besides teaching. Marshall might fuss at me. I might get crazy with wedding stuff, but it's already crazy anyway. So why not? Right. Well, after this one, I hope you keep the fear. <laughs> and I mean that in a good way. Like, I hope you keep the fear of the pain of oh, that yeah. last 10K so that you train Yes, there well, is no way I will ever not train because I'm thinking that's how bad it is and I trained. <laughs> what if I don't train? How much is it yeah. going to hurt? No. I'm afraid you'll forget that pain and then like, you know, towards the second half of your training period, like miss miss more runs and more runs and like, you know, how you train for half marathons sometimes. No, so. uh, that is not happening either because after I actually... I, half trained for that half marathon that went so well now I'm at what if I actually trained for a half marathon how good could I do so that's kind of I'm the point where I'm at like I'm really trying to be a more consistent good runner like let's run more and see what it's like yeah I like it (laughs) awesome 
Well, great job, Megan. I'm so proud of you. I'm so happy for you. Yay, I did it. Yay. Um, do you want to share your Run a Girl recommend now? My recommend is Vaseline. <laughs> nice. I am now going to buy Vaseline and use it because it works way better than Body Glide or anything else. It was a savior at mile 18 or so of the race yesterday. Doesn't it stain your running clothes, though? If I put it in my sports bra, which is about the only place that I chafe really bad, it won't matter because who sees the sports bra? And I'm sure it does, but the only places I seem to chafe happen to be around the girls. (laughs) And they hurt. My girls never have that problem, so (laughs) I never know. (laughs) I wish I had that problem. (laughs) Vaseline. Awesome. Great recommend. All right. Up next, we have Runner Girl of the Week. All right. This week's Runner Girl of the Week is Teresa from Neon Is My Color. And I picked Teresa's run because her run today was the Kansas City Marathon which she finished in three hours and 36 minutes. And she says, finished another BQ, secured it for 2018. I'm on a roll. So uh, I just thought that was fantastic. You know, it's definitely marathon racing weekend, it seems. So, and I I can't believe Teresa, she's BQ'd like, I think, I want to say like every marathon that she's run, she's BQ'd or come close. So that's incredible. I know, I know. It's awesome. She also did not mention on her daily mile that she got first place in her age group. <laughs> wow. That is awesome. Now that is what I aspire to do. Great job, Teresa. Congratulations on Boston qualifying, getting first in your age group and completing another marathon. Great job. We choose our runner girl of the week from our Daily Mile and Smash Run feeds. If you would like to friend us on Daily Mile and possibly be a future runner girl, all of our links are on the sidebar of our website at runnergirlspodcast.com. So that brings us to the end of the show. Megan, do you have a quote for us? I do. My quote is from Michael Josephson, and it says... Take pride in how far you've come, have faith in how far you can go, but don't forget to enjoy the journey. Nice. Yes. I was thinking about that just because I want to keep running as something fun. Even if I set goals to do more, I don't ever want it to feel like it's something I have to do. Right. Yeah, I like that. Well, yeah. And and if you're not enjoying it, why bother? You know, like, why are you doing it? punishment (laughs) you know that's good i like that that is it for episode 31 of season four join us next time when sue will be sharing her recap of the bay state marathon if you have any questions email runnergirlspodcast at gmail.com post on facebook.com slash runnergirlspodcast tweet to us at runnergirlsshow call the hotline at 207-200-3297 and follow us on Instagram at Runner Girls Podcast. Listen to us at RunnerGirlsPodcast.com, iTunes, or Stitcher. Thanks for listening. Now go outside and run. <laughs>